0: My guest today is the returning Adam Roach. Adam was on episode 207, and once again, he was so generous with his time. Given how many projects he has going on, how many podcasts he's a part of, that he can give extra time to someone like me, truly remarkable. The last time he was on, we talked about his love of old-time radio. This time, we're talking about his passion for the Basil Rathbone Nigel Bruce series of Sherlock Holmes movies, which were made between 1939 and 1946. Rathbone and Bruce also starred in over 220 episodes of The New Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Adam's love of the Rathbone-Bruce pairing actually prompted him to write what became the Secret History of Hollywood podcast, researching and writing a two-hour podcast episode dedicated entirely to Rathbone and Bruce as Holmes and Watson. Adam is one of the kindest and most generous people I've met in podcasting, and I've met some really great people doing this. When he heard that I was moving recently, he messaged me, A, to just check in and see how I was doing, and to say that if he was closer, he'd happily drive the truck and spring for takeout. I'm not really sure how many of you care about how the proverbial sausage gets made, but so many things went wrong with this episode. There was the aforementioned move and all the personal things that went around that move— Certainly made giving the mental commitments to doing the podcast, contacting people, booking them, preparing for the interviews, editing, especially challenging. Then there were the technical difficulties. While transferring transferring files to my new computer, I lost all the audio drop-ins I use and have been collecting. The theme song to the show, the closing, as well as the audio transfers of various interviews I've been saying for the next Twin Peaks podcast. That's also on hold. When Zoom reinstalled on my new computer, all the settings reverted to their normal state, so Zoom did not record my and Adam's audio track separately. Adam, always the professional, recorded and sent his audio to me, which helped, but without a clean track of my part of the conversation, I wasn't able to edit out the times we talk over each other or remove as many of the ums and annoying repetitions that I do. Still, it's not as bad as not recording at all. I've done that before. It just made editing a bit more challenging. Still, this was a fun conversation. Adam is delightful as always, and I hope you enjoy it. This is Geek4, a podcast about fans, fandom, and fan culture. I'm Dr. Michael Boyce. Everyone likes something, but what are you a geek for?
1: Can do a clap.
0: All right, one, two, three.
1: Close enough.
0: Like we planned it. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, welcome back to Geek 4. We're going to talk today about the Basil Rathbone, Nigel Bruce, Sherlock Holmes series, which you are a huge fan of.
1: Mm, like creepy a fan of those, yeah. And thanks for having me back. I'm a geek for you.
0: Oh, thank you. And I, sir, am a geek for you. I can't tell you how many times you've talked me to sleep listening to your podcast. Um, that, that's That sounded totally inappropriate. No, no, it's that. cool. I, it's,
1: <laughs> so many people use that. As a
0: compliment and i i always go oh yeah <laughs> i don't really? have <laughs> uh, a, a friend of mine has just recently started listening to my podcast and she said something about like oh you know like, i might give a really good soothing voice i'm like have you listened to the episode with adam yet and she's like no 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 i'm like mm, say, save your compliments <laughs> adam has a voice that put that just this lulls you in and makes you feel it, yeah. like a warm blanket. It's lovely. They,
1: they use it on battlefields. But yes. yeah. To sleep. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I said at the <laughs> beginning of the last
0: one if Morgan Freeman is not available to do my eulogy, you, sir, are on deck. So.
1: Thanks, man. I like being a second choice.
0: <laughs> Morgan Freeman. That's not bad. Um actually forget Morgan Freebin. I I definitely want you. Um no, too late. Too late. <laughs> oh uh, uh, now I feel all embarrassed and uh. when did you start watching the 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 Bruce and, and Rathbone homes? Like what's your memory of that? Well,
1: oh god, when I was a young kid, because uh over here they used to be on a loop all the time on daytime television. Mm. So if you ever had a day off school or, you know, school holidays Mm. or something, then all you needed to do was put BBC Two on. And, you know, about 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning, they'd always show a Basil Rathbone, Nigel Bruce Sherlock Holmes. So I'd seen seen all of them, you know, over the years of my childhood. But I remember when I started getting into old films seriously when I was about Mm -hmm. 20 couldn't get these films anywhere I mean now they're on YouTube Yeah. I mean I got crappy old VHS copies and I had to go to eBay and paid. I paid something like 80 quid for, sorry 80 pounds (laughs) (laughs) Um, for The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes one of the ones I could not get and I spent you know about a thousand pounds building up the Sherlock Holmes collection on VHS over the years and then all of a sudden they started releasing them on DVD (laughs) (laughs) so
0: um i same same thing uh there was one there was one vhs label that had them um but because um uh, so uh hound of the basketville is the first one made then adventures of sherlock Holmes, which i always found really hard to get that one was really hard to find yeah that was really hard to find and then they switched studios i think it's universal they go to uh for the Mm -hmm. the rest of the 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 run 12 films there and like a bunch of those are in public domain so they've been everywhere but um finding good quality copies was really hard. I sold a VHS copy of uh, the Scarlet Claw, which is my favorite of the, the whole series. Right. Um, I mean, second favorite maybe um, for like an absorbent an amount of money on eBay. It was me probably I sold to it me, to you, <laughs> yeah, to me. Oh, <laughs> All the, the links. I love those little, you know, we're destined to do this podcast together. Um, so like, I mean you mentioned The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Like to me that is that is a completely underrated film. Uh it you think is so? I think it's really solid and not a lot of people mm-hmm. have seen it. Unlike Hound of the Baskervilles which like you know people read The Hound of the Baskervilles in school so like you know the, the, uh. the that version gets trotted out a bunch. Nobody knows about the adventures of Sherlock Holmes, mm.
1: uh,
0: over here, anyways. Uh, has right. got Ida Lupino, um, mm-hmm. you know, George Zuko as, um, as Moriarty. It's a really mm-hmm. good cast. Um,
1: it's a great cast. It's based on the William Gillette play, um, mm. Sherlock, Holmes. yeah, I mean, that <laughs> kind of you know, sort of. That, yeah, a little bit, <laughs> but um, uh, I I must admit, that's one of the ones I struggle with in series. Only because I think it's just stretched out a bit too far. But I think that's maybe because I'm so used to the radio plays. I'm so used to the universals, which are all 59 minutes. Yes. That when Hound of the Baskervilles comes on or The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, those two, they kind of stand out like a sore thumb for me because they're like, you know, 90-minute movies. And they're more traditional, I would say, in terms of homes. They're Victorian there. Yeah that that sort of time period then
0: i think it was actually your podcast Ad boy clarence that mentioned and i didn't know this um that those might be the first adaptations of sherlock holmes that were actually set in the victorian times because i'm very aware of mm-hmm. other adaptations um there's the the arthur watner um mm. series um but to actually set them in Victorian times was unusual, uh, and then mm. they, and then they abandoned it completely. <laughs> 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 Suddenly, he's in World War II fighting Nazis, like oh. Indiana Jones.
1: <laughs> I love that though.
0: <laughs> so do <I>. it <laughs> but totally I'm such fits. a
1: I'm, I'm such a hack B movie lover. Yes, um, yeah. I, I love that. You know, they chuck him in. Why not? Go and Why not? Nazis for yeah. A bit. yeah, go for it. Yeah. That's what. That's what Mark Gates and. Um, Steve Moffat did, you know, they that's said, good. well, why not bring him into another time period where it works? You know, that's the test of a good character. Isn't
0: it? <laughs> exactly. And I mean, it clearly had worked in the, in the, in the 1940s. Um, so mm-hmm. why not do it? what Mm. i was so impressed with the the sherlock show um there were a number of adaptations of sherlock holmes in the 19 like i want to say like 1980s early 1990s and it was always sherlock holmes like had had been frozen in time and woke Mm. up in the 20th century Mm. like why do you need to explain it that way like just
1: yeah just have him be a character in that time
0: yeah yeah Mm. so you mentioned the radio plays and the universal Mm. Mm. there's this awesome series of radio plays that Bruce mm. and, and Rathbone did um, not a lot are available anymore, but the ones that are, are really good. Oh my God.
1: Do you know, the day I found out those existed, it was like, like, like being, a, like when you create, when you're a fan of something and you love it so much that you watch all of the, you know, entries in a series and stuff. And then someone says, Oh, by the way, here's 50 more. And you <laughs> It's like, come here. Oh my God, I mainlined those for like a year solid. Um, yeah, the, the, I think there were like 260 made. I think there's about 58 extant at the moment. But the great thing about those is um, they keep turning up. Like one will turn up a year. Mm. And I really want to know, because Edith Miser, who wrote for that series, she wrote a radio adaptation with Rathburn and Bruce of The Giant Rat of Sumatra. I really want to know what she envisioned for that story there was like a six-part Hound of the Baskervilles adaptation with Rathbone and Bruce for the, for the air I
0: mean there's one available like really one, yeah. one of that series uh, that, yeah and it, it's, it's heartbreaking yeah yeah <laughs> And they're so interesting. So the the conceit of the show is that Mm. Watson has retired to California of all places. And he must be 178 um, by this point. (laughs) And somebody, the, um, the spokesperson for whatever. Mr. Bartel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those are my favorites. The one with the Petri wine guy. Um, (laughs) The Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine. Invite you to listen to Dr. Watson tell us another of his fascinating stories about his old friend, that master detective, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> the guy who just shoehorns Petri wine into every conversation. So it becomes much so that a joke he, with um, oh, Watson, doesn't it? He's like, yes. oh, go on then, talk about your wine again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you to get your wine in. Oh, you would know a Ruby when you, when you saw it. Sure. Because a ruby has exactly the same color as a glass of Petri California port held up to the light.
1: Mr. Bartell, you can find more excuses for talking about Petri wine than any man in the entire world, believe me.
0: Um, And clearly, Bruce is well into the wine as these these things are going on. (laughs) Um, And then he tells a story. And I mean, the other conceit that I just find so humorous as somebody who has read the Sherlock Holmes stories since I was a kid and I reread them about every year at the end of the adaptation, it always says, like, you know, inspired by an incident in. And you're like, there's... that No. No, <laughs> no, no don't, <laughs> that's, don't that's even trust. <laughs> <not even> <laughs> there are a few adaptations of actual stories. And they always do something interesting. They change them a little bit. But it's that uh, inspired by an incident in. Mm. Okay, sure they were. Sure they were.
1: I like so, the Bruce Partington plans. They did a good adaptation of that. Yep. That was, that was like an early one. But the, even the... <laughs> Because one of the things that sticks out like a sore thumb on the, um, the radio show is the, is the organ. It's so piercing. <laughs> um,
0: but
1: with, with the early ones, you can tell that there was a bit more quality. Mm-hmm. Like said, it's like an orchestral score behind the one, yes. and the Bruce Partington plans yeah, is a very good one. Mm.
0: That is, a, that's a really good one. Um, I I was listening to those on a loop for like three weeks, a few, few mm. months ago, and uh, that that one really stuck stuck out. It is into the organ thing is interesting. Um, I'm not sure what it was with old time radio detectives. I know, and organs. And organs. <laughs> <laughs> they all have
1: organs. Yeah. The one of on Philo Vance is the worst. One. Oh. It goes <laughs> really Oh, stop it, and it goes on for like two and a half minutes
0: when i was when i was editing the last time you were on you mentioned the file events organ and i like went and i i was so tempted to drop it in but i couldn't find a way like a that wouldn't like you know pierce everybody's ears but like or just a natural pause but i was like i kind of want to show people what or let people experience what that organ is like but the uh the nigel bruce uh Basil Rathbone Holmes definitely has a an interesting score. yeah. Yeah. It's like a superhero theme,
1: isn't it? The superhero
0: bumbles out of a cave or something instead of flies in. Bumble's a good word when it comes to I'm curious about because. This series is so important to you that you actually, your whole secret history of Hollywood begins with this series. Mm. You started doing these episodes that became the secret history of Hollywood. So what was it that made you want to like dive into this a little bit more seriously with a little bit more intention?
1: Um, well, Atta Boy Clarence was it you know, me reviewing one or two movies and then playing a radio play. Mm-hmm. So when I when I first started making it, I was, it was a the natural thing to have got to do Sherlock Holmes at some point. But you can't review, like, one Sherlock Holmes film or two because there's 14 and they are all so good, you know? So I was like, well, I'll just do a great big bumper show where I do all of the movies. I'll do a bit of history and I'll play a radio episode. And as I was writing it, it just turned into... Gee, this, this could be a different format for the show, you know? And it, was, oh, it wasn't was that much information out there. I had Basil Rathbun's autobiography and I had Nigel Bruce's unpublished autobiography. Um, so I drew from that, <clears throat> worked out the basic story of how they got to know each other and their story during the films and what happened afterwards. And there just wasn't room for a radio play at the end because it was like two and a half hours long. So, um, yeah, I put that out, and people just loved it straight away. And I was so happy because that series to me, that's like my favorite movie series ever. It's like chicken soup. It, like it doesn't matter what, you know, what's happened to me in my day. If I put a Basil Arthur and Nigel Bruce Sherlock Holmes film on, it's like, it's like being with my mother again, you know. <laughs> it's, like, it's like pulling a duvet up around you and just, you know, oh, it's great. just like. This- listening
0: like listening to Adam's voice
1: (laughs) (laughs) no they're not that boring and they don't put me to sleep
0: (laughs) you don't put us to sleep Adam you comfort us while we are drifting off into dreamland Um, the the, um there's a lot of criticism given to Bruce's performance of being bumbling I you know I kind of fluctuate between like I really like it and I, I get the criticism but Rathbone is so interesting to me, uh, just as an actor, just as a, as a screen presence, with the exception of Sherlock Holmes, which is a pretty big exception, his mm. his most notable screen performances are always villains, he, you know, ventures of Robin Hood, um, Zorro, he, Zorro like, he's always the bad guy, mm-hmm. except he's always, Sherlock he's,
1: Yeah, he's a, like a swashbuckling villain all the time, isn't
0: he? Yeah, mm-hmm. usually with a very bad mustache often with a very bad mustache mustaches are very you really got to pull it off or don't <laughs> um but he brings some of that bite to homes and i don't think enough people appreciate what he brings to homes uh there's a little bit of edge there's a little bit of not anger but just like he's not a he's not he's not he's not a bad Holmes. he's a really good Holmes.
1: Mm, he is I, he's he's um he's uh he's a homes for the masses i think uh-huh. like the hardcore fans will pick holes in his portrayal and they'll they'll say you know he he hasn't got this part right and this part right I, I think there are better homes out there if you're a purist uh-huh. definitely i think jeremy brett you know oh yeah p- peerless yeah but i think if for someone who wants you know an overview once the, the cliff notes of what Sherlock Holmes was. Basil mm-hmm. Rathbone is your entry-level guy. He looks like a Hawk, which is perfect. You know, he he's got the poise, he's got that sort of aloof, chilly quality, but mm-hmm. he's quite human at times. Um Nigel Bruce, as you say, has been controversial ever <laughs> since. But um I think, you know, for me, I you know, I just love seeing them together. I think they're such a great what a great pairing. I mean yes. to put someone like Rathbone with someone like Bruce and then this is the way that as the series goes on they just become more and more in love with each other I mean there's a great Pursuit to Algiers I love Pursuit to Algiers everyone hates Pursuit to Algiers but there are so many moments in that film where <clears throat> like they're just talking, and you can tell that some of it's a little bit off script. You know, oh, I, I you know, he finds a hair on his thing, and um, you you you've met a brunette, and she's beautiful. And I'm like, How do you know she was beautiful? Like, I leave that up to your good taste, you know. And and you can just see them winking at each other, and, and then there's a bit as well where Rathbone, you know, Holmes apparently dies, and and Watson kind of breaks for a moment. Instead of being this bumbling jovial character, he he reads this telegram and t- hears that his friend might be dead, and sort of takes a moment he goes out to the deck and leans over and someone says uh, doctor can we see you no i can't see anyone now. it's like whoa that's kind of like a whole tone it's like couple goals I love you. that's I one of the
0: reasons that. that i really love the the radio plays is that they, mm. uh, they they kind of develop that kind of chemistry a little bit in a different way uh yeah. we, we were talking before we went on air or is that what we do it's, I don't know what are, what are podcasts. Are they just radio? digital air, digital air. Um, before we started recording, I'll just edit that out. Um, that's um you know they 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 make fun of the way Bruce talks. Like there's there's one episode, the the Murder and Wax, I think it is that um, Rathbone actually impersonates Watson and just <laughs> like making fun of him as a mumbler. Um, there's some other oh, it's so good, mm. so good. The the, the episode, um, and I, I this is one that stuck with me for years. The the the, the Sweeney Todd episode. Mm. Uh, oh, that's a great one. Yeah. Uh, is it? No, it's not that one. It's the one where they. Um, there's a, a play of Sherlock Holmes, um, and they oh, go yeah. and see it's
1: it. the um, the purloined ruby, isn't it? That yes, one?
0: the purloined, yeah. pur- purloined mm-hmm. ruby. And and you know, Bruce's Watson is like, Oh, I don't know about this the guy who played <laughs> me, it just complains about the guy who made him a bumbling idiot. <laughs> I couldn't understand a word he was saying. <laughs> What did you think of Rodney, the man who was portraying you, Doctor? Well, since you mentioned it, I think the fellow needs to study diction. He, he mumbles so much I couldn't understand what he said. <laughs> Which they mm. never quite do in the films. Like it's it's just an interesting mm. new dynamic. And and yeah, you get the sense that they were actually really good friends. Um mm. in your in your research, like what did you find out about their relationship, friendship? Because they Rathbone, were really yeah. Rathman leaves the series at one point and Bruce continues on.
1: They were really good friends, yeah, they were. And um, unfortunately, I think Rathbone was, uh, because he came to Hollywood and he was a very well-respected actor to Shakespeare and, and he'd come from films like Love from Stranger, you know, where he played these mysterious, uh, again, a villain, but more interesting, you know, mm. more uh, Agatha Christie, um, sort of <laughs> well-drawn characters. And then he started playing, you know, Sir and Captain Blood and Gisburn and things like that. And it, he was he was very he was a bit of a matinee idol, mm-hmm. but then he was a bit of a bad boy as well, because he was playing these villains. Then he played Sherlock Holmes, and the public took to him <laughs> so much that he couldn't shake it off. And you see him in films like Frenchman's Creek, where he again with Michael Bruce, um, where he sort of tried to Elbow away from Holmes and go back to the characters he's playing, and no one was buying. You know, they were like, "Yeah, great, but go back to Holmes." And in the end, he said to himself, That's, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Otherwise, I'm mm. never going to get any good roles." Problem is, it's 1946 when he stepped away, and he was he wasn't a matinee idol anymore. He he should have been settling into character roles, and mm-hmm. he should have really known what side his bread was buttered. And I don't think his career ever really picked up to the the same extent I he, he mentions it in his biography I'm very grateful to Sherlock Holmes for what he did for me but mm-hmm. I was horribly typecast and um, never able to break free of it Nigel Bruce though was terribly distraught that the team had broken up that's mm-hmm. why he stuck with the character because Tom Conway came on and he was mm-hmm. a really good Sherlock Holmes on yeah. the air
0: but um, he only lasted like a, a season um, a season yeah and people were really critical I think he's actually really good. Um, I,
1: I couldn't tell it was Tom Conway. On some yeah. episodes, you're like, wow, this is Rathbone and Bruce. Yep. Yeah, he's brilliant. I yeah. Really, really like his episodes as well. All the episodes he made are, are really good mysteries too. Mm-hmm. But um, unfortunately, when Rathbone did break the partnership up, it did um, it upset Nigel Bruce. And unfortunately, they never really reconnected. Rathbone tried to mount a Sherlock Holmes play. I mean, he's towards the end of his life, he was kind of like, Fine, I'll do more Holmes, you know, (laughs) I'll be the big man. Um, But he mounted this this stage play and he wanted um, Nigel Bruce to come back. Mm -hmm. And literally, the day after he made the offer, I think it was, Nigel Bruce died. Mm. So he never got to to make it up, which is horrible. (laughs) It's a horrible way for that partnership to end. But you know, we have the adventures on radio and we have the yeah. 14 amazing adventures on film.
0: So. And as That's you say, legacy. like, they do kind of, they do kind of like, you know, become a little bit more B picture mm-hmm. as, as the yeah. series goes on. But like, you, you get the sense that that really could have continued on. Um, oh, yeah. That really could oh. have, the, there was no reason for that to end. And they with, were with keeping the up with the times, you know? Yeah. Was like, they, they went um,
1: Victorian, they did you know, in the war mm-hmm. they did post-war adventures afterwards, you know, they mm-hmm. turned to things like after, when the war finished, they had like Woman in Green and mm-hmm. um, you know, Terrifying I, that's a Night one. yeah, they're, that's a, that's a they're all one. so good <laughs> what's your favourite one?
0: Oh, yeah. the Scarlet Claw um, like I, I think that that, uh, A, it's in Canada. So I have a little, he has a little speech hey. at the end about Canada. Oh, Canada. A boot, a Canada. A boot Canada. Yeah, a boot Canada. <laughs> um, yes, we, you know. Oh, he has a little speech about Canada, the great you know, friend of, you know, the, the polite friend of, of everyone.
1: Canada, the linchpin of the English speaking world, whose relations are friendly intimacy with the United States on the one hand their unswerving fidelity to the british commonwealth and the motherland on the other canada the link that joins together these great branches of the human family Churchill say that yes washington but it's a really good mystery um, yeah it's a great one yeah it, it, and it, they, they do on... a really good job yeah of uh, concealing the villain's identity
0: yeah, you know, when it comes at the end, you're like, "Whoa!" Didn't see that <laughs> coming. Yeah, yeah uh, really a good. villain who, like you know, has a theatrical background and says, so per- you know, portraying different people in this tiny mm. village in French Canada, um, which I've only ever driven through French Canada, that part of that r- very rural part of French Canada. But that's my memory of what it's like. Um, <laughs> wow, glowing phosphorus <laughs> monsters! Yeah, yeah. Just stay, stay away. There, there actually is. Um, in in for my listeners who are not in canada um the the province of quebec which is the french-speaking province has its own thriving film industry that's kind of different from everything else like québécois french is very different from parisian french they're interchangeable but the accents are quite quite different Mm -hmm. um and horror rural horror is very popular in in québécois so if you can get a hold of some québécois horror films they're they're really interesting that, that sounds. I like, am. Yeah, I've, I've been told. I've been told. What's your favorite? Like, if you had to pick one, Desert Island, um, one one Holmes film.
1: Okay, so I I've always liked Faces Death, but um I think I think if I could only pick one, I would pick Pearl of Death mm. um, with with the Creeper, mm-hmm. and I really like the whole the way they work the six Napoleons plot yep. and uh, you know Giles Conover. Plus, it has Evelyn Anchors, and you know, it's just a good solid. And I love the fact as well that they, you know, in the first few, whenever Holmes is in disguise, it's just Basil Rathbone doing his voice as a different. Like there's there's a great bit at the beginning of um, Secret Weapon where he's in a he's in this inn at the beginning trying to sell some books. Hello, my name is not Sherlock Holmes. I am a book seller, and you can tell it's Basil <laughs> Rathbone because of his voice. And you go, yeah. oh, God. Yeah. "Oh, Basil." Um, but then when it gets the Pearl of Death. At the beginning, he he's disguised as this clergyman, and they dub his voice with someone else, and it's like, why didn't you do that before? Thank you!
0: <laughs> yes, uh, Basil Rathbone, not a great linguist.
1: <laughs> oh, also, as well, what do, what do you think of Basil Rathbone's hairdo at the beginning of the Universal series? Oh. When it's all... He has it all styled, so it's all blown around.
0: It's yeah, it's it's a very interesting quaff. Um, <laughs> distracts a little bit, and when you know one of the characters is a giant dog, uh, you probably don't want the lead's hair to take away from the terror of the hound. <laughs> <It's> so funny. <laughs> yes, I, I I I do appreciate the Victorian, uh, and I do think, especially Hound, mm. the production quality is very good on Hound. Oh yeah, it's very um, good. Yeah. The big old
1: budget, on that.
0: yeah, uh, and a shame that like they didn't maintain some of the budget. I, I'm fine with the, the switching it to mm. the, the modern day, but you can definitely tell that you know the the seams are showing uh, later mm. in the series uh, when they're not giving as much attention to Rathbone's hair. <laughs> <That's laughs> kind of how that, or, always
1: that, that should have been
0: 50 percent of the budget.
1: Yeah, probably not.
0: If you were gonna, <laughs> if you were gonna do another Sherlock Holmes, like a fifteenth what are you 15th yeah what were you what would you where would you set it what would you what story would you tell Oh, that's a good question
1: with with Rathburn and bruce yes so if there if there'd been one more i would have had something to do with the royal with the monarchy i'll tell you what actually um scandal in bohemia would have been a great um, wanted to do for them? I mean, just just something around that story with Irene Adler because mm-hmm. they didn't really touch that character very much. So no. they had kind of they had kind of you know Spider Woman sort of paid tribute mm-hmm. to that kind of character. But Scandal and Bohemia would have been would
0: good fun. Now Spider Woman, mm-hmm. there's actually a sequel to Spider mm-hmm. yeah, Woman without yeah Spider Woman Strikes
1: Back. Have you seen it?
0: No, you've mentioned okay. it, but I've not it's seen in- it.
1: It's in my library. If you want to okay. Have a look. All right. All yeah. right. It's it's all right. It's all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As someone who is normally effusive of very bad things, it's all right. Makes me very
1: nervous. <laughs> it's very strange. It's like, why?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I remember being really excited when I found out the sequel to that, I spent, oh god, about years searching for it. Finally got it. Um, yeah, it's set on like a, a tropical island, and it's all about this girl who turns up. To take care of this household, and um, it's Gail Sondergaard, who and she keeps these plants. and Rondo Hatton is a sort of manservant. and It's fine; she wanders around, and it turns out that she's breeding these plants, and they're flesh eating plants or something. Of course, it's not very coherent, and it's not <laughs> great quality. either. it's just a really low rent universal pot boiler
0: thing. It's okay. Universal did that though. That, yeah, that, that's did. kind of their that's kind of their <laughs> bread and butter for a while. Oh. yeah. Oh I'm for it. <laughs> if if you were gonna recommend just one, not not necessarily your favorite, but one for someone to get in who's not seen this. Like I talked to my friend Mike um a couple mm-hmm. well in 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 there's no time has no meaning now in the pandemic. Um <laughs> a month ago, whatever it was. And I didn't know Mike was a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. Like, you know, we've known each other since grade eight. We've really good friends Mm -hmm. and I was really surprised because that's when the Jeremy Brett stuff was on. That's when I kind of discovered it. He'd never watched that, never watched the Nigel Bruce stuff. Um, So if I was to tell my friend, Mike, who was a big Sherlock Holmes fan, start with this Basil Rathbone, Nigel Bruce, Mm -hmm. what are you, what what are you recommending?
1: I I think probably Scarlet Claw is the best place to start because Mm -hmm. it kind of bridges the two Uh, You know, you've got it's it's universal and it's a B movie and it's a horror, but Mm -hmm. it's also it's kind of like an update of Hound. Yeah. So so it's like, it's got that Victorian sensibility. It opens in like an occult society and, you know, all that stuff. And the mystery is really good. Yeah. And, you know, the, the fact that the villain has been in the film for the whole thing and you only find out at the last minute, you go, whoa, it's actually really <laughs> clever. And it has that supernatural edge that I think the best home stories have where yeah. it's such a fantastical crime that surely it could only have been done by some kind of spiritual creature. Mm. So yeah, I, I like the Sussex Vampire and things like that. I always found those stories to be the, my favorite ones. So The,
0: the um, Devil's Foot.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think Scarlet Claw, like you say, that's a good, good one to start on. Definitely yeah. lights the fire. Mm.
0: <laughs> I, I have to ask, because we're talking about Sherlock Holmes on radio, the Carlton Hobbes, Norman Shelley. Have you heard these? And do you like them? I haven't. No, I haven't heard them. Oh my God. Yes. They are mm. they are exceptional. Uh, so they were done. I think like they start in the 50s and they go into the, maybe maybe the 60s. Um, okay. Carlton Hobbs, you go on YouTube. There's a bunch on there. They're half hour. They're mm. adaptations of the the stories proper. So they they do like the engineer's thumb and kind of you know, stockbroker's clerk and yeah. terrible terrible stories that nobody wants to hear. Um, but he is in many ways a predecessor of Jeremy Brett. Like there's there's <clears throat> Things in his tone, and he was a big fan and would read the stories before he would do them. And there's something about his performance that's like really interesting to me. Uh, really, okay. really interesting. So track those down. They are well worth your time. If you so like What's the, the series called? Is it? Um, just- it's just Sherlock Holmes. And it was one guy, Michael, oh, I want to say, uh, I can't remember his name, who did all the adaptations and they were done on the BBC. And I guess over the years they would redo, you know, I think I think there's a, um, uh, the redheaded league was done about three times over the years, um, mm. so I'm never quite sure what the recording is that's available. But they are super good. They did study, study, uh, study in Scarlet. Yeah. They did Valley of Fear. Um, yeah, I, they may have done everything, but not everything's available, as is typical of stuff of this era. Oh.
1: What about you? What would you pick? And uh, I meant to say to you. I mean, if you if you were gonna get a fifteenth Rathburn and Bruce movie i
0: think pick? i would do something with the devil's foot actually
1: because devil's foot would be really yeah. good yeah because yeah, I mean, they like... did that on radio didn't they and it, yes it, was, it yes. worked really well
0: yeah um or maybe man with a twisted lip like you could do i think something really interesting mm. with that with the you know the, the the murder that's not a murder and the big yeah, reveal it's... at the end um i think the best the best rathbone and bruce movies use the source material in interesting ways. Scarlet Claw mm. is a is, is a bit of an anomaly because it's an original story, but it does draw on Hound of the Baskervilles. Mm. Like you can yeah. really sense that, um, just, you know, replace the Moors with Quebec, uh, mm-hmm. essentially. But, you know, like like you mentioned, the Pearl of Death using the six Napoleons. I, I think like if you use the source material, mm-hmm. but then made it different. Well, that's what be, I
1: like about Faze's death as well. I mean, it takes the Musgrave ritual mm-hmm. and it kind of, you know, I mean the ritual's not the same and all that stuff but it's kind of fun to have a, a, a puzzle at the centre of something instead of just someone's dead here's a clue someone's dead, yeah, that kind of thing and, and I think like you say the ones that succeed the, the most I think are ones that Draw most from Conan Doyle's work, yeah.
0: Unlike the radio plays, inspired by an incident in, I <laughs> What, Well, he tied you, his shoe. <laughs> I guess if you took a bunch of random words from different sentences, you could you could maybe make the case, but yeah, they have the same weather. I think <laughs> one thing. there's a guy named Holmes. Um, I th- I think, and if I were to recommend starting somewhere, Scarlet Claw, but also How to the Baskervilles, because it's it, it is the best of the stories. Mm. It is certainly the best of the novels. And I really like that adaptation. It like they they put money into it, uh, with the exception of Holmes' hair. Uh, it's 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 pretty impeccable uh, all around. Bruce is a li- like Bruce is a little bit younger, a little bit thinner, and not quite as bumbling as he becomes. Uh, mm. You know, if, if that turns people off, so you yeah, can- he's a bit more
1: dashing and a bit yes. more like yeah. you know smart. I guess yeah, yes,
0: word. he's not going to sit on a clue. <laughs> at
1: all. No, it's going to fall into the bog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I've put in the bog!
1: <laughs> oh God, of course you did.
0: <laughs> I'm totally going to drop in an audio of Bruce saying something right here. <laughs> he so much, I what he said. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. What, what are you up to? How can people find you and support you?
1: Um On, on Twitter, I'm at Movie Histories um on patreon at patreon.com slash attaboysecrets i'm at um i'm just, we're working on a series about thin man at the moment which is really interesting because um I've, i'm reading more into dash Hammett himself so the first episode's about him and it's you know it's like a true crime story it's really good because he was a pinkerton's detective before he was oh. a writer and, and um god it opens with well i won't spoil it but yeah it's it's <laughs> it's, it's a good one anyway it's a lot harsher than i thought it would be so yeah if everyone if anyone comes in expecting hey, it's gonna be thin matter and drinks and comedy and stuff and in the first episode Thin
0: man sweet. is an anomaly in his work <laughs> yeah. but so good oh yeah that's Go one on. of those you know everybody has or you know people who really love movies have that kind of you know, secondary Christmas list, Christmas movie yeah. list. Thin yeah. Man's on my secondary movie. Oh God! Christmas yeah. List that
1: do you realize? Is... Do you know? Uh, do you know how many novels Dashiell Hammett wrote?
0: It's got to be like fifteen or sixteen. five. What or do you know?
1: Yeah, do you know when his? Do you know what his last novel was? No the thin man 1934 see everyone thinks he had this huge long career and he did like you know the he wrote red harvest multi's fog and thin man like oh, i've got them up there but yeah i was like no he wrote more books than that no no he didn't oh my
0: goodness they're sitting on a shelf in my office in the next room and i like i always assume that i just only had a couple yeah. and that he, he wrote he wrote extensively i guess it's chandler who wrote more extensively
1: yeah, he, he was like, you know, not prolific at all. And yeah, I was really I wonder, surprised. I wonder, and
0: now I'm just theorizing. Um, mm. because he had considerable success with the Thin Men series, so that kind of you know solidified his reputation and maybe people mm. think that there's more. And mm. if people have not seen the second Thin Man movie, uh a, another mm. Thin Man, that's the one to watch. Oh,
1: yeah, it's really good, isn't it? <laughs> and um, quite a thought- surprise. Yeah. Um yeah you mean the one with with um jimmy stewart certain, yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's that's that's a great one yeah mm-hmm. um yeah.
0: and it, it hasn't oh, become um, domestic like the later ones do
1: which yeah is- it gets domestic with number three doesn't it because yeah. the baby comes yeah but um yeah i mean he, he worked on two and three i think mm-hmm. So I mean, he did work. He did work, you know. He did write, but just no, no novels after the Thin Man, and you just think, what? He stopped publishing in thirty-four,
0: and he also had a really, there was a really successful Sam Spade radio. Series. Yeah, so I'm mm, assuming yeah. people people make that assumption. They just that, go
1: right. He went all the way through to the 50s, 60s, whatever. Yeah. No. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> interesting, interesting. interesting. Anyway, sorry, yeah.
0: No, that's that's <laughs> fascinating. I can't wait to I can't wait to hear that. That's I love <laughs> the Thin Man. I Nick uh, William Powell and Myrna Lloyd. Mm. Just they are in a bunch yeah. of movies that are not the Thin Man, and I will watch any of them anytime. Myrna Loy, a league of their own, cool. aren't they? Incredible. they are so good together so good together oh i look forward to that thank you so much for your time thank you. um you just came back from abba um yeah yes <laughs> i i love that you have this love of abba uh, maybe we'll explore that someday
1: <laughs> i'm hugely embarrassed about it as well but oh the same don't time, i'm at the, i'm at that age and that stage in my life where i'm just like oh i'm so I'm not cool.
0: I don't care. <laughs> I I went to see a concert a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a, a young man that I used to babysit was in town with his band called Chastity. Uh, give free plug to Chastity. They are also playing a concert this summer where they are on the same stage as Nine Inch Nails, which I'm wow. like, wow. Um, but I was definitely the old guy at the club <laughs> standing at the back <laughs> going, yeah, I used to babysit that kid. Um, very, very uncomfortable. So. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm yeah a very rare mage. my age <laughs> so,
1: oh, wow. oh it's all right at least we've yeah. got each other mike yes yes absolutely <laughs>
0: absolutely and um you do have a new podcast coming out is this is is this something we can talk oh about? yeah
1: oh yeah um that yeah we we uh, are currently arranging our first recording but yeah it's called the labors of ecule it's all about the david suchet uh poirot series we're going to go through every episode um, yeah so yeah another podcast for the world <laughs> everyone's really excited <laughs> but, Yeah, I have a really cool co-host her name's Frankie she's um, amazing and she's the most diehard Poirot and Suchet fan I've, I've ever met she has she has David Suchet tattooed on her arm and um, she walked down the aisle at her wedding to the Poirot team <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's brilliant the tattoo on the arm a little, little nervous by that, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I it's a great series, um, definitive, Thanks. definitive borrow, clearly, yeah. Um, despite yeah. Ken, poor Ken Brana. Oh, we don't talk about that <laughs> <laughs> I believe half the budget went into the triple layer- layered mustache. Again, mustaches are very, you know, I, I get Subjective. you commit, yeah, you commit, fine, whatever. Mm. But I, I look yeah, forward to he that. You should definitely be committed, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> a, few, a few movies ago, actually. Yeah. So uh and and of course, House of Hammer, Adamoy and Clarence, and Secret History of Hollywood, all great podcasts, all worth people's time. Uh to, Thanks, to man. listen. Uh they're fantastic. Thank you. You're very kind. And so oh. is this one. Oh right. I oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on Geek Four. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Geek4 Pod, or me on Twitter at MWBoyce. If you listen on Apple Podcast, click the subscribe button and consider leaving a five-star review. Be sure to join us next time when we learn what someone else is a geek for. This is Harry Bartel saying goodnight for the Petri family.